Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Virtual Reality Church. Welcome to our virtual church. Zoom church is not church. Is there some type of way for a virtual congregation? You're not a congregation if you don't congregate. We have just finished our virtual church. You can worship in the comfort of your own home and at your convenience. When you combine this access with the loss of the local, I become my own confession and I go around the World Wide Web listening for echoes that say, back to me what I've already decided to believe. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Frio. How would you help someone with obsessive compulsive disorder? This is Wretched Radio, our brand new series, Thrilled to Pieces with Transformed. It's biblical counseling in action. You will meet real Christians, genuine believers who struggle with real issues, including OCD, as you listen to Tyler explain his particular manifestations of OCD, start asking yourself the question, well, what would I say to this fellow? How, how, how could I help somebody with OCD? Some of the OCD symptoms that I am currently experiencing are worrying that something catastrophic might happen, especially to my family. A common occurrence in my life is to be in a public event and be very worried that I did something bad to somebody, sometimes a complete stranger that I might have just walked past. A thought would enter my mind that I inappropriately interacted with that person in a way that would change the tract of either of our lives forever, that would ruin my family or ruin their family. The root of all of my symptoms seems to be that something that would not be able to be repaired would happen to me, my family, or somebody else. Maybe to where I wouldn't uh, even be aware of it until things were too late or something like that. Is that the root issue? That's what Tyler thinks. Uh, under, underneath my OCD, my desire to control things, to lock the door a thousand times, to make sure the stove is turned off hundreds of times, it's because I don't want somebody potentially getting hurt or me being blamed for somebody getting hurt, whether I did it or not. Would you agree with Tyler's assessment of his root issue? Driving in the car, having a fear that I would hit somebody, and either not know it and you know them be dead or seriously injured or know it and me driving away would be me confirming that i don't care about that person even if the truth is that i didn't actually hit anybody i do very often wonder will i ever you know be free from the day-to-day struggle with ocd How would you help somebody with OCD uh, transformed? Of course, because it's a 30-minute TV show, it skims the surface. Nevertheless, it never stays at surface level. It always digs down deeper to find out the real root issue. Dr. Dale Johnson, he is the executive director of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, chalk-talking not just Tyler, but also Dr. Greg Gifford as he goes about the business of counseling somebody with OCD. Many psychiatrists would like to persuade us that OCD is a disorder. While the person with OCD has disordered thinking, the OCD sufferer is not forever doomed to living life 
under the compulsion of obsessive thoughts. The Bible would tell us that OCD is not a disorder. It is the fruit of wrong believing and wrong theology. Would you have said that to an individual who presents himself as struggling with repetitive behaviors? Would you have said that? it's That's not a disorder. You've got something else going on here. You've got bad theology taking place. And that is what Dr. Greg Gifford focused on, the theology behind OCD. Yeah, I can use my senses to understand and to know, but yet I, I do recognize my senses are limited, and so are yours. Your senses aren't the final authority. Peter says, even the grandiose experiences, even the good experiences, like seeing Jesus transfigure, that's still not more fully confirmed than the scripture. What is Dr. Gifford doing? He's identifying that Tyler feels the need to be certain. I've got to determine that everything has been done safely to protect my family and my reputation. And Dr. Gifford offering perspective is, uh, you know, your sense, you can, you can never be certain with your senses. You can never know beyond the shadow of a doubt that everything is going to be fine, that all the windows are locked, there isn't a leak in the roof, that the stove is turned off. You can do everything in your power, but you can never be certain. Where is he going with this? But if I understand this order right, it's that I can use my senses, there's value. I can use my experiences, there's value in that. But there's still something that's more sure and more reliable and more fully confirmed. And it's God's word. I actually have to let my senses be subordinated to the word of God. Meaning that practically like I don't feel that way. I don't see that way. That's not what I think. But I have to be able to reorient myself back to the truth of God. What's God say about this? Okay, well, I'm going to let that be reality in this moment. And I'm not going to do the inverse where I take my senses and boom, I put them over the word of God. So what does that look like? What is the root of Tyler's OCD fruit? It is actually idolatry. But the Bible says something totally different. In this instance, the Bible would tell Tyler, and perhaps you, that any idol, including the idol of certainty that sits on the throne of your heart, will never, ever bring the peace of mind that the Word of God can. Tyler needs to kick the idol of certainty off of its throne and let Jesus Christ sit where only he belongs. So what does that look like if you have OCD? It recognizes my limitations, and it also reminds me of my trust in God so that I go about the business of using my senses faithfully, not infallibly, faithfully. I'm doing my best. I'm then leaving the results to the Lord. That is digging down deeper to the root of the idol of uncertainty. But there are other roots, as there typically are with OCD. This happens to be the root of a lack of theological understanding of the sovereignty of God. You know, it's funny because even the most simple of things, I can't keep going on my own. I have two lungs that are doing something right now inside of me. I can't keep that going. I have a organ of my heart in here. I depend on those lungs and this heart for the most basic of things in my life. And I can't even keep those things going. Hmm. So it's not like it gets complicated and then I'm like, all right, Jesus, I could use your help over here. It's like no, the rudimentary things I ain't got. I think that's true for you as well, that, that you're dependent on the Jesus that does all of this, holds things together, is before all things, has created all things, all things are for him. 
and that even the rudimentary, the seemingly simple things of life, we, as brothers in Christ, we need Jesus for those things. He's realigning Tyler's thinking to basically kick Tyler off of the throne of control and putting God there and recognizing I rely on God for everything already. It's only the things that we happen to pick and choose that we seem to need God for. And then where we we really need to make sure that we invoke his name on this. No, we need to invoke his name on everything. And that reorients our thinking to reminding us God is in control. He is sovereign. He is certain. I am not. And I need to simply be faithful. God is emphatic about who rules the universe. He does. Sadly, we as humans have a tendency to disagree with him and act less like Christians and more like Invictus. We like to think that we are the masters of our own fate and the captain of our souls. It is that very attitude that could be one of the roots that is causing Tyler to suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder. How did Tyler respond to his time with Dr. Gifford? Well, he said something that we heard as a regular refrain on Transformed. I never quite understood the Bible this way. It's crystal crystal clear to me. I just haven't thought of it that way, but the way that you just, you know, showed me that makes perfect sense. It's just kind of, it's a very profound, just piece of scripture that I haven't really looked at that way before. Mm-hmm. We heard that over and over again. Whoa. We have a more certain word. In other words, the Bible, that is our source of certainty because it reflects God's character and nature. And we can't trust our senses. All we can do is be faithful with our senses. And so Tyler was encouraged to go on his way, trusting God, being faithful, locking the door once, telling the Lord, this is this is your planet, this is your house, this is your door, this is your lock. I'm trying to be faithful, Lord. I am now going to walk away from this situation and trust you for the results. That seems rather simple, but that is the solution to the OCD struggles, that we replace our thinking of certainty, that we are sovereignly controlling things, Recognizing that God is, he has given us senses that we are to use, not infallibly, but faithfully, and then rest. Turn off the stove. Lord, you know I'm not trying to blow up my family. I trust you with what's going to happen. I'm going to walk away from this trusting in you as an act of worship so that I can be about the works that you have set out for me to walk into. Transformed, our brand new series. You're going to dig it. OCD, just one of the subjects. Self-harm, eating disorders, anxiety, depression, all tackled in our brand new series, which you can, of course, find at wretched.org slash transformed. Don't forget about the study guide. This is Wretched Radio. Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. We are certainly grateful for your time. 
So here's a crazy scenario. Did you know that there is a way for you to know all of the latest happenings at Wretched? When you can't even keep up with all that's happening in your own life, you can keep up with everything happening at Wretched. See, told you it was a crazy scenario. But you can keep up with all of these things by signing up to receive the monthly Wretched newsletter. Each month, Wretched sends out a newsletter covering tough theological issues Christians are facing today. And you're also going to get the updates about what's new and upcoming at Wretched. Makes you kind of wish somebody would send you a newsletter about what's going on in your own life. Well, we can't do that, but we can certainly let you know what's happening in ours. Plus, we give away resources every single day to one of our newsletter recipients. So go get signed up for the Wretched newsletter now at wretched.org slash newsletter. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. 59 million people died last year from diseases like heart disease, cancer, diabetes. But the number one leading cause of death, its very own category of 42.6 million lives that ended abortion. It is hands down the number one leading cause of death on the globe. And that statistic can overwhelm us and cause us to give up. But it should motivate us to get engaged, get involved, and fight for one life at a time. And we can do that through preborn.org slash wretched. $28 buys an ultrasound. 80% of the time, mom chooses life. That is a good investment that saves lives. Would you please consider supporting as many ultrasounds as you can at preborn.org slash wretched. What's the one question you think we get the most here at Wretched? It's why do you guys do what you do? And we thought the best person to answer that question was you. Wretched Radio has just really brought me closer to God. Wretched has changed my life. Wretched Radio, you all have done a great job at really bringing joy into our lives. Our goals have always been to preach the gospel, to equip people to preach the gospel, and to strengthen the local church. And when we hear testimonies from real people just like you, we are encouraged. My life will never be the same because of you guys. Through your video, God saved me. Wretched Radio, you encouraged me to walk with the Lord. And we know we would never be able to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel if it weren't for the support of our gospel partners. If you're not a gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider partnering with Wretched to save the lost and reach millions of people with the gospel? Just log on to wretched.org slash donate to get all of the information you could ever want to know about becoming a gospel partner. That's wretched.org slash donate. Books of the Bible John was a disciple and close friend of Jesus. John's Gospel presents Jesus as the Word become flesh, God in human form. He also emphasizes belief in Christ as the only way, truth, and life. God writes so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, and by believing, we may have life in His name. Believe in Jesus today and have life everlasting. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Does biblical counseling actually help somebody who is an addict? This is Wretched Radio, and this is Robin from our brand new TV series titled Transformed. I can tell you more than a couple handfuls of times where I've completely ruined 
relationships over my alcohol abuse and drugs, even pot. Like, I've had people say, Psh, I'm not dealing with this, and they don't. And, you know, I continue to do what I do. I'm at a point in my life where if I drink, I don't know which way it's going to go. I always have a good time. <laughs> um, but the people who love me the most and care about me see something else that I don't see. My 11-year-old daughter has seen me a couple times where I was told it was absolutely not okay for her to be around. That is Robin, and her story is perhaps more common than you realize inside of the church. Robin is a professing believer. She was willing to come on our Transform TV series and admit, yeah, I drink and smoke pot every day. One of the eight eyes of biblical counseling is interpretation taking what people perceive to be their issue, and most times it is informed by the DSM-5. They would be a, a drug abuser or they would be an alcoholic. One of the eyes of biblical counseling is to interpret somebody's sin struggle biblically. The world calls people who overindulge in alcohol, alcoholics. The Bible rejects the clinical term which makes the person seem blameless and powerless from getting intoxicated regularly. Instead, the Bible describes this person as a drunkard. By using biblical instead of clinical, the drunkard now sees their issue not as a disease, but as a sin. And that's good news because God specializes in helping people overcome their sin. That is Dr. Dale Johnson, the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Chalk talk and what goes on inside of the counseling session. Robin now meets Dr. Greg Gifford from the Masters University. You should know they do have biblical counseling degrees. Undergrad, grad, and doctorate. That's right. Biblical counseling is that robust. There is a doctoral degree offered at masters.edu. This is Greg Gifford with Robin. When we consider the way that God is intended to serve in our life, it's that He is the one that we are running to. When we talk about the pressures and the rocks and the refuges that you have in your life, one of the biggest difficulties with the use of alcohol is not the use of alcohol. The biggest problem is that you're letting something else take God's place in your life. That what you're using alcohol for is what God wants to be to you. Psalm 18 is his text, verses 1 through 3. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies, and so you shall be saved from running to a strong tower <laughs> that isn't going to protect you. Wow. My rock and my refuge, my deliverer. That's pretty intense, huh? And it seems almost like so simple to be said, you know? I mean, I've read the scripture over and over. I've cried it. I've prayed it. Good. Yeah, you good. know, I don't, I, I guess I haven't lived it truly. Yeah. So think of, think of the, the knowledge to the practice here that you have another God in your life mm -hmm. 
his name is alcohol mm -hmm. and that he's been your rock and your fortress and your deliverer, your shield, your refuge, but he's been a lousy one. Yeah. He's been a devastating one. Mm -hmm. Very. And if you continue to worship him, then what's going to take place is everything that matters in this life will be taken. The beauty of the passage is that he says, alcohol, the God of alcohol, he's never going to do it. Drugs are never going to do it. They're never going to fulfill you long term. That maybe there's a sense in which some of what Robin has spent a good majority of her life serving is a false God. And Jesus is saying, make me the boss, Robin. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And sobriety is of paramount importance. I don't want to undermine that. But there's a difference in saying I need to get sober so I can be a better person and saying... I need to get sober so I can honor God in my yeah. life. Are you ready to let Jesus come into your circle and say, Robin, I'm the boss? Yeah. Are you ready to do that? Yeah. Yes. Good. Ooh, I don't want to be a spoiler alerterer person, but she was serious. You'll find out how Robin is doing in season two. In the meantime, this is season one of Transformed, also featuring Dr. Dale Johnson. In the Greek language, there are two words to describe knowledge. Gnosko, which means to learn, and epignosko, which means to really learn. A Christian might gnosko some truths, but until the believer experientially epignoskos, that person will continue to be a milk drinker who perpetually finds himself in one form of spiritual danger or another. We must epignosco that God is our only source of peace and comfort, safety, contentment, and joy, and that He is the one, the only one, who can genuinely help us in times of need. Transformed, it is currently available at wretched.org slash transformed. It has a study guide so you could show this in your Sunday school or youth group. So now let's duplicate a scenario where the pressures are on. Maybe you got into an argument with your husband. Maybe there's family pressures from siblings. And your response may be to go to alcohol. In that practical moment, you're saying, I would like some muddy water, please. Yeah. Where is the muddy water? And God, who is the fountain water, saying, Robin, you're going over there, but come to me. My ways are better. I'm better. If you're willing to follow the Lord's principles for your life, it's not that you're saying no to satisfaction. You're saying yes to a superior satisfaction, which can only be found in Him. Wow. I don't like muddy water. <laughs> That's good to hear. I don't know. I, you know, it's it's so it's so crazy how breaking it down to so simple can make all the lights come on. So remember that the next time you're reaching for something to drink, and think I'm I'm preparing to drink some muddy water right now, when something far superior and better is waiting for me. That's a great tool. Not only is it simple, but it is obviously scriptural, but it is also very practical and it is very transformative. Understanding that God is the better option to whatever it is that you are running to to find comfort. He's better than alcohol, pot, LSD, pornography, illicit sex, sitting and just binging mindlessly to Netflix, whatever strong tower you're running into that isn't God, 
is going to crumble on you. When a person feels stress or anxiety or fear, that person is going to run to someone or something to find comfort and safety and peace. People run to Netflix binges, cheesecake, work or the gym, but they're not just utilizing these items, they are worshiping them. They're putting their hope and trust in things. They're worshiping idols. That is why addiction, better term, a besetting sin, a place where you run to find comfort is actually a worship disorder. You are choosing to not worship and obey God in the moment and instead run to a bottle of alcohol or pills or the gym, someplace where you go where I just I just feel better here. The place that we're supposed to go is to God. Does it mean that we don't go to the gym? No, it doesn't mean that. But what it means is that we simply use the gym to be somewhat fit, not to find our comfort. In our time with Robin, it seemed that a few things clicked for her, that for the first time she was able to see that it's not so much about alcohol and marijuana, it's more about what is she worshiping? Who is she worshiping? What's taking God's place in her life? And it seems that Alcohol and marijuana have been a place where she's gone to as her functional God. God wants you to escape to Him. Nothing else can satisfy us. Only God can do that. And when we believe that through the eyes of faith, we are on the pathway to being transformed. Indeed, our brand new series, Transformed, at wretched.org slash transformed, dealing with different issues than what we perhaps perceive. We are so educated by the DSM-5. We call it addictions. It makes the person rather helpless and not able to control his or her passions. The Bible reinterprets our issue biblically and then identifies the roots of our addiction problem, and that is it is a worship disorder. Robin, she understood that. Just wait for season two. You're going to believe the woman that you see who has now gone through biblical counseling. Wretched.org slash transformed. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Now, an angry mob of students murdered another student last week at a college in Nigeria. The student was accused of blaspheming the prophet Muhammad. School security attempted to shelter the girl, but the mob drug her into the street where they beat her with planks and set her on fire. And according to the report, what the girl actually did was ask students in a group message if they could focus on their tests and assignments after one student shared a pro-Islamic message. I guess asking to focus on schoolwork in a school group message is enough to have you set on fire and murdered. As we tell you all the time here at Wretched, please make sure that you are praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. Last week, the Louisiana House of Representatives failed to pass a bill that would have abolished abortion by enforcing homicide laws to women who have the procedure. Initially, lawmakers on the state's House Criminal Justice Committee approved the bill by a 7-2 vote, but the bill did not pass a full House vote. And in similar fashion, on a national level, last week, pro-life senators blocked a bill that would have ensured abortion remains legal regardless of what the Supreme Court decides regarding Roe v. Wade. The bill would have also wiped out 500 pro-life state laws off the books and expanded abortion. Ironically, the bill was named the Women's Health Protection Act. 
That's like calling carjacking, valet service, or rape a romantic first date. At least be honest about what you're trying to do. Well, Calvin Klein is the latest to join the Make Believe is Reality Party. A Mother's Day ad campaign from the company featured a pregnant man. Actually, it wasn't a pregnant man. It was a woman pretending to be a man because it was a woman that was born as a woman and only women can get pregnant. Doesn't matter how many emojis Apple comes out with. Reality doesn't change. Facts are facts, and the facts are that there are only two genders, and only one gender is capable of getting pregnant and giving birth. Also, the earth is not flat, people aren't inherently good, and Chick-fil-A is better than Zaxby's. Those are the facts, and no amount of saying the opposite out loud will change the facts. Last week, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley called for Disney to lose copyright protections and Major League Baseball to lose its antitrust exemption. He said it was time to end economic handouts for woke corporations. Regarding Disney, Hawley has proposed the Copyright Clause Restoration Act, which would limit new copyright protections to 56 years rather than the 120 years that Disney has been granted. Hawley said for far too long, companies like Disney, Google, Major League Baseball, and Amazon have have been coddled by Washington politicians, and the special treatment has resulted in the censoring of those who have political opinions that differ from theirs. And honestly, it's something they're not even hiding anymore. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Mexican. There are many words to help us understand the nature of the Bible. Words like inerrancy, the Bible is the Word of God, and God cannot err. Therefore, the Bible is without error. We know that God has revealed Himself truthfully in the pages of Scripture. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Doom, displeasure, agony on me. Oof, that was awful. This is Wretched Radio. Doom, displeasure, agony on me for not guiding you to transform.org or to wretched.org slash transform so that you could be on an upcoming season. We've already shot season two of Transformed. How cool is that? We'd love to see you on season three. Visit wretched.org slash transformed and submit the little form that they have there describing what you're struggling with, what the emotional or sin issue is, or even just the complicated life issue. To receive biblical guidance, you will meet with Dr. Greg Gifford. You will also receive 12 weeks of biblical counseling after you meet with Greg, because ongoing counseling in the context of a local church is crucial when it comes to biblical counseling. But we're also, oh boy, what were we thinking? A brand new series that we're trying to launch called Transformed Couples. Got yourself some marital strife? A little bit of struggling going on underneath your roof? The kids driving you bonkers? What could you do? You could visit wretched.org slash transform, fill out the form, and we will see you in season one of Transformed Couples. How cool is that? You know what else is cool? This, this was such a God thing. Friel, everything's a God thing. You are correct about that. We named the show Transform before we got the URL. That was a mistake. We went looking for that bad boy. Couldn't find it until, alas, 
One day we discovered who was the proprietor of Transform.org. First Baptist Church Jacksonville, pastored by Dr. Heath Lampert, a biblical counselor. Used to be the president, the executive director of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Thanks, Heath, for transformed.org. Please visit wretched.org slash transformed or transformed.org to consider being a part of our upcoming seasons of Transformed. And if you happen to be somebody, and I don't know who isn't or hasn't or isn't gonna, Go Through a Dark Night of the Soul. Just read a booklet. It was sent to me from Chris Chimita. I hope I said that right, Chris. He's a biblical counselor also. It's called Dark Night of the Soul. How to find the light when the darkness has no end. You're in a tunnel. You're trying to put one foot in front of the other, but you never see the light. There's little hope for you. You are debilitated. What could you do? This little booklet, super practical. Live by faith, not by feelings. There's a step you could take right there. Instead of letting your emotions dictate your world, no, let truth do the dictating, and then correct feelings will follow. During a dark night of the soul, it is important that you live by faith and not by your feelings. That is tweetable, and that is wisdom right there. While you may feel forsaken, those are... Morris Alpert, nothing more than feelings. Jesus was forsaken for you. He paid for your sins so that you can live. So when you feel abandoned and forsaken by God, just look to the cross. Seriously, just contemplate the cross. Okay, I feel alone. I feel like God has vamoosed. Wait a second. He would never do that. He sent his son to die on a cross for me, to bring me into a relationship with him, a luxurious, rich relationship with him. He hasn't forsaken me. Hey, feeling of abandonment be gone. I'm not abandoned. God is near. He is my father. I'm safe. You will see the ultimate proof of God's love for you when you look at the cross. It is a constant reminder that you have not been abandoned. And if you are in Christ, you are never truly alone. What else can you do if you are in a dark night of the soul? Have an eternal perspective. You say, I've heard this before. I say, listen, Valley Calfoli, to 2 Corinthians 4.16. Do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is being renewed day by day for momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, there's your eternal perspective, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Maybe memorizing that verse would be good for you. What I'm going through, it's mild compared to. It is also a reminder that God is working in me. He is doing something for me, preparing me to die well and live for eternity with him. A.W. Pink said this, Afflictions are not light in themselves, for oftentimes they are heavy and grievous. But they are light comparatively. They're light when compared with what we actually deserve. They are light when compared with the sufferings of Jesus. If you feel abandoned, um... You're not because Jesus is your brother. 
he was abandoned on your behalf, that you might be never abandoned by him. Don't stop focusing on what Jesus did. Perhaps their real lightness is best seen by comparing them with the weight of glory which is awaiting us. would encourage you to get Randy Elkhorn's devotional, 50 Days of Heaven. It's a great devotional. It's at wretched.org. we got a ton of new resources in there that we think would be so helpful for your Christian walk. Lots of new biblical counseling resources. Whatever you're going through, this is from Chris Chamita. It is for your good. We know all God causes all things to work together. Please note, God is not responding to the difference. He's causing all of these things directly, indirectly, depending on what it is, but he's still ordaining all of it. He's doing something for you. We know God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. The good that Paul is referring to does not mean all things will work out the way you want them to. It means they will work out for your good, which is to transform you into the likeness of Jesus. You might want to take these three thoughts alone, put them on a post-it. When you are feeling the dark night of the soul, run to these little stickies. Study, remember, think on these things. There is a reason for your suffering, because there is no purposeless suffering ever. Here's another helpful, practical step you can take if you're feeling blue. Don't buy lies. Do not believe the lie that the only reason you're sick or suffering is because of unrepentant sin in your life. In some cases, that may be true, but not always. Remember what Jesus told the disciples when they asked, what's with the guy who was born blind? What was the point of that? Quote, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. We read that story and we go, well, look what Jesus did for him. He was suffering and Jesus alleviated it. Yeah, so that the man could glorify God as an object of God's power. That's exactly what he's doing for you. He perhaps has you, air quotes, blind, so that his work might be seen through you. Don't buy lies. From Chris Chamita, The Dark Night of the Soul, preach the gospel to yourself daily. Remember what Jesus did for you. Do not neglect the ordinary means of grace. Read your Bible, go to church, pray, fellowship. If your life isn't isn't oriented around these things, you're going to feel a lot of dark nights. Make sure you are taking advantage of the ordinary means of grace. Avoid excessive self-examination. Don't be constantly looking at me, 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 me. For every look inside, take 10 looks outside at Jesus Christ. Ask God what he's trying to teach you. Read books about the attributes of God. Make a blessings list. This maybe sounds corny, but this is so helpful. You're struggling. You have suffered a loss. Nobody is trying to minimize your suffering. But perspective helps. Write down the blessings. And and it might be as simple as you've got socks on your feet. You, you got... you. You, you got a comb for your hair. You've got food for your stomach. You've got shelter so that you don't get wet or freezing. Or 
Get all that green schmutz that pollen season brings in Atlanta. Serve others is something else that you can actually do that will make you feel better. Call in reinforcements. Get help. Avoid drugs and alcohol. Don't run to them as your strong tower. Instead, run to Jesus Christ. Now, that was one guy talking about the dark night of the soul. There are many biblical counseling books like this. We have some of them at wretched.org. But what you're hearing is, whoa, there's actually a lot of practical helps that actually are effective. Instead of feeling blue and wearing a rubber band on my wrist that you just snap and go, oh, I go, oh, I'll stop feeling that way. That isn't all that helpful, especially when you get used to the snap. Then you need to have a stronger snap or a harder slap. These are biblical helps. Why? Because God does not leave his children in their suffering. He's doing something for them, and he is growing them into Christ-likeness, and he has given you all the tools you need to do so. This is Wretched Radio. The situation in Ukraine appears to be a long and winding and rather scary road. Tomorrow clubs are still in Ukraine. There are still club leaders there. There are still Christians who are willing to help other Christians with the very basic necessities of life. Would you have the ability to help some of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine to simply receive the bare necessities, I know that Cindy Marty is extremely grateful for your support. There just are really no words to describe the gratitude that we have. Believe me, the children and families in Ukraine are so grateful. Thank you so much for your prayers and support. Tomorrow Club's still alive and well, but dealing with the dangers of Ukraine. If you think that you could support some believers there, please visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Transformed, our latest production is available now in the Wretched Store or by visiting transformed.org. This show is like nothing else on Christian TV. You'll witness real biblical counseling sessions with real people dealing with real issues like anxiety, OCD, depression, phobias, and trauma. What you won't see is a secular therapy session or even a Christian counseling session which still uses secular psychology. No, you are going to witness the power of the Bible and work right before your eyes. Real people with real problems being offered real solutions. Hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at The Masters University and Dr. Dale Johnson, the Executive Director of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Transformed where you'll witness biblical counseling as it takes people from brokenness to wholeness. Visit transformed.org Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared 
among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable, biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Names of God We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. One name is Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. The fall brought conflict into the world, but through Christ, God has brought peace into the world. Peace with God, peace with man, and peace with self. True peace is only known in Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, this is another bad idea. This is Wretched Radio. Tim Challies lost his son a year ago at the age of 20. While studying to become a pastor at Boyce College, he literally dropped dead in front of his fiance and sister. Devastating. Oh, yeah. It's been a year, and Tim Challies has been blogging about his experience in what I believe to be one of the most helpful ways I've ever seen. You, you can read through all of his posts about the loss of his son, and you will see a godly Christian man who is suffering and struggling and yet attempting to be biblical in his trials. And he just wrote an article. Oh, this is a bad idea. I'm going to attempt to read this for you. I struggle mightily to read Tim's posts without my allergies kicking up. To my son on his 21st birthday. Happy birthday, my boy. You're 21 today. Or you would be. Do you celebrate birthdays in heaven? Do you even mark days, months, and years? I confess, I've only just begun to realize how little I know about the place you have gone to be. I've got many questions, but few answers. Then again... I could only get credible answers through the Bible, and it seems to be far less concerned with describing lives in heaven than directing lives on earth. It's better that way, I'm sure. I suppose I'll have to wait and get my answers when I arrive. Speaking of which, I don't really know what it looks like to arrive in heaven. I sure hope, though, that you'll be right there. When my time comes. This is so hard to read. I miss you so much. I miss your voice and smile and laughs. I miss your friendship and conversation and counsel. I miss your wisdom and patience and godliness. I miss being a father to a son. Being your dad was truly one of the highest honors I could ever imagine. And and nothing, sorry, struggling to see it. And outliving you is one of the deepest sorrows. I'm so happy that you're there, of course, but so sad that you're not here. 
There's a void in my life now. It was a part of me that died that day, a part of myself, the best of myself. You are the best part of me. And I'm sure I won't ever be whole again on this side of eternity. I'm so proud of you, Nick. I'm proud of the life that you've lived, the legacy that you left. Everyone who knew you has spoken well of you. Friends, neighbors, students, cousins, church members, all spoke of a man who is gentle and kind, godly and good. Those are descriptors that are often overlooked these days in evangelicalism, aren't they? Gentle, kind, godly, good. Your colleagues at the grocery store sent us a book of memories, and so many of them spoke of a man who had been patient and friendly and who had talked to them about Jesus. There was no blame attached to your life, no scandal, no dishonor. We learned secrets about you, but they were all good secrets about the people you quietly mentored, the prayer meetings only you attended, the people who were overlooked by others but loved by you. You lived with honor and integrity. You died a man of irreproachable character. You ran your short race well. I probably ought to confess, I went through your search history, but only to see if I might dig up some clues about how you died. Maybe you'd been searching for symptoms of something, but you hadn't, as it turned out. But even there, I found not a single search and not a single site that was anything less than above reproach. Wow. It's clear that the man you were in private matched the man you were in public, and that makes my heart swell with pride. I've often thought of how much better it is to be the father of a departed. This is a great line. I've often thought how much better it is to be the father of a departed joy than of a living sorrow. That's profound. You brought me such joy in life, and despite all the tears, You've brought me such joy in death. How's this for transparent? I do some silly things now. Things that would probably make you laugh or maybe just roll your eyes. Like sometimes I brew a cup of coffee for you before I visit the cemetery on a Sunday afternoon. It's absurd, I know. But it reminds me of the hundreds of times I made your coffee before you headed off to work or school. We bonded over coffee, different flavors, roasts, methods of brewing, so I sometimes take you a cup and leave it there. It's dumb, I guess, but who's to judge? And really, one of the hardest parts of my life, my loss, is that all my feelings of love remain with no way to express them. For 20 years... There was always something I could give you, something I could do for you, some way I could spoil you. But now you're beyond all doing, beyond all need, beyond all expressions of love. It's hard on a dad. How transparent is that? He makes a cup of coffee, brings it to his son's gravesite, and leaves it there. Might I just suggest if you've been doing some funny things. It's okay. It's really okay. It's all right. I don't think that God sees you as sinning. 
I back to Tim Challies. I asked Granddad to make a glass case for your Bible, the one I gave you when you decided to go to seminary. I'm going to lay it open to 1 Corinthians 15 and keep it near me always. Then, whenever I need to, I'll be able to look over and read the great promise that keeps me going. For all, as all in Adam die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. There's such hope there, such promise, such joy to look forward to. We will be alive together. You'd be so proud of mom. Even after 22 years of marriage, I wouldn't have been able to predict how she would respond to such heartbreak, but she's done it with strength, grace, and godliness. I think that all of us, I think that of all of us, she may have endured the hardest loss, for her heart is the most compassionate and the most knit to yours. Who can deny the two of you shared a special bond? But she's holding fast to truth, preaching it to herself, and ministering it to the rest of us. You'd be proud of your sisters, too. Michaela often cuddles up against me in the evening to cry a little, to express her sorrow, but also her hope, acknowledging that this is God's will, so it must be right and good. She looked up to you, admired you, and she treasures the memory of every one of your kind words and good deeds. Abby's gone back to school and is doing well. She adored you, regarded you as her closest friend and most trusted confidant. But she too has determined that she will trust God in her sorrows just as she has in all her joys. All of us pledge together to stay true to Christ, to his gospel, true to the end. So we can all be sure of a great reunion. He discusses his fiance, how she's doing. That's not easy either. I suppose you'll also be glad to know we're all together today. The borders are tighter than ever, the rules more rigid, the restrictions more onerous, but we waited through them to spend a couple of days with Abby and Rin. We'll spend the day together, cry a little, laugh a little, and then Mom will make the usual Friday evening pizza. Life has to carry on, doesn't it? What choice do I have but to shoulder this burden, to carry the cross, to press on toward heaven, to press on toward you? God has used your death to help pry my fingers off this world, to make me long for heaven in a whole new way. But he has also used it to give me new directions for life, to make me want to make the most of my time on earth. My longing for heaven is now inseparable from my longing to see you. I can barely wait. Well, why don't you go read the conclusion of it yourself? Because I can't. <sighs> Thanks, Tim, for your willingness to be transparent, for your willing to help others as they struggle and suffer with their loss, for your willingness to look confused, hurt, and even do silly things. I encourage you to visit challies.com. Read as much of it as you can with a big old box of tissues, but perhaps specifically the letter to his son on his 21st birthday. Makes you long to join him in that reunion, doesn't it? Until tomorrow, go serve your king.